You are listening to Wit Vikings, a sport at Wit Podcast. Hi, I'm Tom Grinzel. And I'm Katie Redmond, and we're your hosts for the Wit Vikings Sport Podcast. Today we will speak with Shane McCormack. Shane is the Wit Vikings Athletic Club Development Officer and coach Ireland's fastest woman, Phil Healy. We will also look back at our Wit Vikings Sport launch from last week. But before this, Tom has some results and up and coming fixtures from our sports teams. Uh, massive congratulations to our fresher Camogie team who won the All-Ireland Blitz last week. Uh, they defeated UL in the final. Yeah, Tom, it's absolutely great news. Um, I mean, it really sets the girls up for the year. Um, I'd just like to say a big thanks to Ryan Murray, Shauna Quirk and Laura Hegarty who travelled with the girls on the day and helped to manage the teams. All our other fixtures and results are on our WIT Viking Sport Facebook and Twitter feeds. Um, there's just too many to mention at the minute, but I'll give a brief run through of what's in uh, and what's in store for next week. Uh, we've soccer, basketball, rugby, camogie, ladies football, hurling, and men's football. So just to remind you, all these fixtures will be available on the Wit Vikings Facebook page and Twitter page. On October 10th, the Wit Vikings Sport Brand was launched at WIT Arena. I suppose just to give you an insight on t- on this. The Vikings idea places all our sports clubs under the one umbrella. Tom, I think you will agree with me this creates a real sense of identity for our teams. Yeah, so it's similar to the American models um, where the all the different clubs come under one umbrella. So it's I think it's going to be great for WIT going forward and it's going to really give us that sense of identity and we'll be give us give us a year or so we'll be we'll be known all around Ireland again. Um so I suppose it it was great. We had some excellent guests in. We had uh, Phil Healy, um, Ireland's fastest woman, Michael Brick-Welsh, Watford senior hurling star. We had Kevin Doyle, uh, Irish Soccer International. And it was a great night had by everyone. And we caught up, well, I caught up with Kevin, uh, Kevin Doyle. And here's what he had to say. He had a bit of a man crush on Stephen Hunt. So. Best mate on the team? Um, Shane Long. Who was the funniest team member? Stephen Hunt. Who was the best hair by yourself? Stephen Hunt, back when he had a long hair. And who was the worst hair? Stephen Hunt as well. Uh, Stephen's getting roasted here. Who was the fittest on the team? Stephen Hunt. Uh, who was the best dancer on the team? Oh, Jesus. You know what? I don't know. I, number of teams over the years. Leroy Lita from years ago at Reading Centre Forward. I remember him, he was a good player. Uh, who was the worst dancer on the team? Stephen Hunt. <laughs> Poor Stephen. Uh, who loves themselves the most? Stephen Hunt. <laughs> that is true, that one. <laughs> who was the longest in the shower? Oh, going back to Leroy Lee again. <laughs> Redding days. Uh, who was your sporting hero? Sporting hero? Whoa. It was any of the Ireland team that went to like the 1990 or 94 World Cup. I didn't want, I wanted to be a goalie and I wanted to be a midfield. I wanted to be, I wanted to be any of them, so, you know, any of those. Big one. I used to be Packy Bonner every day in the, in the garden, so I'd go with Packy. <laughs> and then the last one, just to wrap up, uh, where would you go if you were invisible? The bank. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. I think it was uh, fair to say that Stephen Hunt was uh, showed a lot of love there from Kevin Doyle. Um, great teammates over the years. Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, after uh, Tom interviewed Kevin, um, I caught up with Michael Brickwalsh. Best mate on the team? Noel Connors. Who's the funniest member? Tommy Ryan. Who has the best hair? Noel Connors. And what about the worst hair? 
Um, myself. <laughs> Who's the fittest on the team? Fittest on the team, um, Mark O'Brien. And who's the best dancer on the team? James Barron. And what about the worst dancer? Jamie Barron. <laughs> um, who lo- loves themselves the most? Tommy Ryan. And in the showers, who spends the longest time? Tommy Burns. And Brick, who's your sporting hero? When I was growing up, uh, outside of for DJ Carey. Very good. And the last one, where would you go if you were invisible? Home. If you want to catch more of the lads, you can find it on our WIT Viking Sport page. We stream the video live on the night and um, you can catch it there. Uh, just moving on, uh, we have a feature guest coming in. Uh, Shane McCormack is with us here now. and We're going to have a quick chat with Shane. Um, Shane, myself and Tom would like to welcome you to the show. Um, just to give you a bit of background on um, Shane. Um, I suppose Shane is a graduate of WIT and currently he is the WIT Vikings Athletic Club Development Officer. Um, Shane is coach to the Ireland's fastest lady, Phil Healy. And I suppose before we get started, we couldn't miss an opportunity for Phil to give us some of Shane's coaching secrets. Coach McCormack put me on a special diet, results for breakfast, pints of yellow belly beer for lunch and anything I want from Burger Max for dinner. He also makes me watch the 1996 All-Ireland Hurling Final every week so I can see what true champions look like. They're queer good. <laughs> Brilliant. So Shane... Um I would have loved to have had a coach like that for the last few years, but uh, can you just explain a little bit about that clip from uh, Phil there? Yeah, that must be my alter ego uh, coaching side, so um, certainly not any any of my secrets. Maybe the 96 All-Ireland, all right, but uh, for a bit of inspiration, but um, no, definitely not points of Yellow Belly or... <laughs> the Big Macs are going to be there. No, not Big Macs either, no. <laughs> um, uh, Shane, thanks a million for coming in. I suppose just to get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to WIT? Yeah, sure, yeah. So um, I was a former athlete myself. Um, uh, I got, I suppose, injured when I was about 18, 19. I was in college in Limerick. Um, so I kind of progressed away from athletics for a few years and got back a few years later, started coaching locally in Wexford. Um, so after UL, I did a master's in WIT in the TSSG mm-hmm. here for two years, research master's. Um, and I've stayed in the locality ever since. I've worked for Sun Life, um, and we still have strong ties within Sun Life with WIT from an academic perspective as well. So I've never really got too far away from WIT, and yeah. um, I've been sort of the co- one of the athletic coaches here. I'd say for the last twelve, thirteen years. Yeah, and it's it's great to have you on board as well. And you just said there you were uh, you were an athlete yourself when you were younger, and you retired with injuries. Say, but what what was your um, were you long jump, was it? No, I used to do uh, uh, sprints, sprint you hurdles. I was a hurdler, yeah. Not a very good one, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Gave me, me a bit of experience, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, say, what was what was challenging for yourself, you know, having to finish at an early age? Was was it tough? Oh, it was very tough because I, I've been running since I was seven as a kid. It was kind of the... You know, I played a bit of Gaelic as well, but athletics was, was my sport. And, you know, I was lucky to grow up with... My best friends now are the people I grew up with as a kid running with in Wexford. Um, you know, it's it's a tough sport, it's individual, you know, but, yeah. you know, if, if you're surrounded by your friends, it, you know, you get that team sort of feeling as well. But No, looking back on it, it, it killed me. It was like, you know, I don't think people are, you're not equipped to leave sport mm. um, through injury, you know. We're probably better these days, there's more support um, systems there, but uh, 
I found it very hard. I found it very hard to, you know, be associated with sport for a year or two. So it was really only till I moved yeah. kind of back to Wexford and I started getting into, there was a few, you know, talented kids. So I started coaching then again. And did did you play any other sports around that time or was it just... I played, I played, I went playing, I went playing Gaelic and then I sort of got, I got back into athletics just because I knew I'd regret it if I didn't yeah. try it again. So when sort of the injuries kind of settled to some extent, I, I kind of did two or three years while I was coaching here and yeah. and um you know some former students like Barry Upton I was sort of fit enough to kind of keep him company as a training partner so yeah. and I still learned an awful lot going back as you know going back and being an athlete and doing the sessions and putting yourself through like guinea pig myself to some extent mm. through a lot of the stuff you know through trial and error so that's what like coaching a lot of it is you mess up a few athletes before you figure out how to make a good one like you know yeah and use myself you, you certainly have a few good ones uh in your team at the minute, so yeah, it's, yeah, we're very lucky. Like, um, you know, we obviously with Phil here, but then we've got a couple of talented freshers in as well. And David McDonald, yeah, who competed at the World Juniors this year, you know, he, he dead heated, I suppose. You know, went down to the thousand, but he he basically dead heated the national schools hundred meter senior this year around ten fifty two, around twenty one two. You know, that's that's a, that's a serious, serious talent to come yeah. in, like you know what I mean, and um. Say just looking at the athletes you've been now, is it is it fair to say we might possibly have the two fastest athletes in Ireland in WIT over the next year or two? hundred percent, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So David is tracking pretty much that way. Yeah, um, he probably needed to be in in college like WIT to have the you know the system, the I suppose the the facilities and you know the the time mm. to train. Um, like Phil made her big jump after moving from Cork up to Waterford, so. You just said Phil uh, moved to WIT there from Cork, and I know on the launch last week, uh, Phil mentioned that that was probably a big turning point in her career as well. Like she was so driven to train in Cork. Over, I think you were passing emails over and back, was it at times, and meeting once maybe every month or every few weeks, and like that must that's yeah, it was very hard. And yeah, like so, it was remote coaching for four years, and you, you you meet as much as you can, you know, within reason. But I was leaving Wexford at five o'clock some mornings hmm. to get to Cork to do a session, come back to come back to Waterford for work, and um, yeah, like Phil is very driven, but like sometimes being a driven athlete training on your own is not a good thing either, because yeah, you know, you'll maybe go too far into a session that's you know you're counterproductive then to what the session is meant to be, or you beat yourself up because you know your times aren't what you expect them to be yeah. and I can't give the feedback and say look it's okay first rep's too quick you know all this feedback like coaching is the I suppose the interpersonal skills like it's easy to send an email but that's not coaching like that's just giving somebody a te- I could give anybody t- a template email and say go and do that but, but unless you're in person yeah like a lot of last year's success would have been like the weeks leading up to you know the days before some of Phil's best races were probably her worst sessions where I was just cutting them short yeah, but if I hadn't cut them short, would she have ran as quick as what she did? I don't know, but it's the thing you're kind of advising her through well, email, exactly. But you're making on the spot calls, yeah, based on what you see or you know things like that. So, and um, just say on your own coaching style, how would you how would you best describe that? Well, like to be honest with you, I think I think you have to be somewhat of a friend to everybody. You know, you know, not buddy buddy friend like, but you mm. have to be able to communicate. Everybody's different, so you have to figure out what's what's the best way of communicating with this athlete? How do I get the best out of them? You know, some people, you know, need a lot of feedback. Some people don't need any feedback, just minimum feedback. Some people need an arm around the shoulder. Um, 
everybody has stuff going on in their lives as well. And I think yeah. if you can, I think if you can help, you know, the stuff that's going on, like you know, some guys work late at night. You have to kind of adapt the training for them the next morning, and you need to know a lot about all of them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's a personable style. I'd say it, it must be it must be tough for the for yourself. Even you have, you know, if you're in a team environment, it's it's a lot easier to push the blame for for the athletes to push the blame onto someone else if something goes wrong. But here, it's kind of if you make the error, it's your it's on your own back. It's kind of it, mu- it must be hard for you as a coach to keep them so motivated to keep their head on the game, and when something does go wrong, to get them back on the straight and narrow and and get them back running to their best again. Is that a challenge? Oh, yeah, big time. Like So there's a couple of aspects to that. So you, you, you've injuries, right? So you've, yeah. you've, you've at least to get injured, and, you know, I suppose the natural reaction is to go off the rails, or not go off the rails, but you know what I mean? Everybody reacts mm. differently to it. Like So you're you're trying to keep them focused, and, like, an injury is a chance to develop strengths in other areas as well. Like, it's always, there's always opportunities. The other side of it is, if an athlete's not running well, and that has happened. Phil has had years where, okay, she was in Cork, she was studying to be a nurse, she was on the ward. It's not conducive to fast running, right? Yeah. But, you know, it, she didn't have a good year. She wasn't fit, she didn't run well. And it's, how do you how do you fix that? How do you, you know, how do you take that? And so I find it, you, once you have a problem, once, you know, you've identified it, right? How do you get from the problem to the solution? So with Phil, it was a case of, with athletics is like you're kind of, when you realise you have a problem, you don't have time to fix it in that season. Yeah. So you're always having to sort of, you can, you can try, you know, you can try and fix it, right, to the best of your ability, but really, you have to start again in September and fix, whether it's fitness, strength, speed, whatever it is, you don't really kind of get to do a real fix on it till the next year. So, kind of funny, like with Phil not getting fit, we kind of targeted fitness the next year and we found yeah. the fitter Phil got, the quicker she started running. So it wasn't speed, like speed is, I don't even do speed work with Phil like in a pure form like yeah. fastest she may run in training could be 95% right but but by getting really strong in the gym and by, by kind of started tipping into 400 metre type training like she broke the Irish 100 metre 200 metre record this year off 400 metre training which we, we weren't targeting yeah. ones and twos but because we've done four years of targeted 100 metre type training she has that in no, the muscle memory is there. She knows how to do block starts, you know, pretty well. Um, so, but but definitely the four hundred meter training was what we kind of stumbled upon nearly by accident. Yeah, trying to fix the problem. Um, it's a grueling uh, event, really, isn't it? Like you, yeah. you just see athletes they push themselves, and in the last fifty meters, you can just see the lactic acid building in their legs. Yeah. It's, it's not a it's not a nice event, but I'm sure it's standing to her. Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a, if you're not in, like if you're not running four hundred since since your teenage years, which she hasn't, like she's only started running fours properly in the last two or three years. You're, it takes it takes a while to kind of build that experience. Yeah. So it's a long term game with Phil no, for the four hundred meters. And I, I actually we would have spoke to a couple of guys that went to training camps in France with a group of athletes who were training for the Olympics the last Olympics and they said that there was guys there training but they were kind of they were probably 2021 20, but they were aiming to hit their peak at like 27 28 are, are you in the game for that long like you you're 
and you're not going to reach your peak until you're 27, 28, or can can Phil do it now? Is she? Oh, 100 percent, and she is. She is doing it she, now. Yeah, and, she and is, yeah. You know, I would predict that there's big things com- coming. Yeah. Sort of from March on next year, but some of the best female 400 meter runners, or even sprinters in general, are late 20s, early 30s. Mm. Um, just because you've developed that, just that toughness, that that endurance, and once you stay healthy, right, touch wood, you're putting year after year after year. Like your speed doesn't really, go, you, yeah, you may peak at twenty seven, twenty eight, but you can hold it into your thirties, like yeah, no problem, like. But it's just, I suppose you need a couple of breaks, and you need just that that fluency of year to year to year. Like you, you in this sport, you just can't be putting weeks back to back, years back to back, you know, mm. and things like that. So. And say we're we're leading into the Olympics now with Phil, yeah. and she's going to be a WIT student. Hopefully, if she gets her qualification times and that. But where where do where do you see Phil over the next two years? Is is it? It's definitely a realistic goal. Like, oh yeah, like so over three events this year. So like over the one, two, and four, she she ran within the qualifying standard for yeah. the Olympics. Okay, so she she's shown that she can qualify, but obviously you don't. Get the opportunity to qualify till like a year, out, year and a half out. So the window mm. for qualifying opens in June of this year, next year. Yeah. Sorry. So any race she runs after that, the qualifying system, it's sort of up in the air. It's not. They've kind of changed how you qualify for world championships. I'm not sure if it's going to lead into the Olympics, but it's done more on like, you know, uh, an average of your five best races. Now there is a qualifying time as such, but mm. they're just more than just running a time now. The IWF have kind of brought in this like a. Uh, a ranking system and all that, but but look, if she's running those times, it, she's still going to be, yeah, you know, good for qualifying. So next next summer is, it's a big summer to take a box nearly, so you can kind of not be chasing into twenty twenty. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it'll be it'll, it it will be great to to see it happening, and especially when she's under the WIT umbrella as well. It'll be oh, big time. She yeah. get all the back and we exactly. can give her an a. And um, I suppose just moving back to yourself. Uh, Shane, just on, say, your own, the, your, the coaching of the lads, how, how do you, do you have to keep up to speed all the time? Is there is there new training methods coming in or is it kind of something that once you have your plan in place that you can stick to it or what way does that work? Yeah, I think nothing beats experience, right? But yeah, yeah you do, you do try and keep like the biggest thing you do is have a kind of a support network. So I would have close ties with like a coach, maybe say in England, one or two coaches in England. Mm. There's a couple of American collegiate coaches that I would keep in touch with. And these are people that you can bounce ideas off. Um, normally when like you've a bit of a conundrum, maybe, you know, I say with Phil, like, you know, you've trained for 400 next month, she starts running fast over ones, twos. So last summer we had a problem like do we target ones and twos for Europeans or do we stick with the four and yeah so you know you kind of bounce and you you already have the answer but it's just having those coaches there with with you know the experience yeah um that that helps an awful lot but then yeah you're going to conferences and you're always you're always trying to keep abreast of um but things things don't change that much to be honest with you like yeah and I I hear your uh, Thursdays and Sunday sessions are. <laughs> grueling um, I see a couple of uh, Instagram posts of lads yeah. lying on the ground after him so yeah. um, how did lads find him yeah I know there's always a bit of apprehension before Thursdays and Sundays so it's just yeah and it's look I'm not there to coach to kill people either like, but there's, yeah, yeah. there's an element of you have to go to the well you know what I mean and especially for 400 metre running and um, 
I don't coach to hurt people. Yeah. Okay, to do to do feel pain, but it's a necessary pain, and it's always done. You know, you you have your percentages of target times and things like that. So it's always mm. it's always done within the athlete's capabilities. Yeah. Um, it's not senseless. Like you can, it's easy to flog people. Like you know. Yeah, and I suppose uh, just to finish up there, just WIT's um, team for the year. How do you think? How do you think we will go in the different competitions? Yeah, we've we've been so we've had a bit of a drought, I suppose, over the last you know few years. Um, we had like a really you know we had a strong batch of athletes that might have left maybe about three or four years ago, and we've not been as strong across the board yeah. uh, but this year we've had a kind of a really good influx of you know like all different events you know we've mm. one of the O'Connor girls from Waterford who was at the World Juniors race walk and I think she finished in like top 12 in the World Juniors we've got like you know some really talented or uh, throwers and Oral O'Brien and um, uh, we've got you know there's there's male distance runners that are coming in we've obviously fairly strong in, in the sprints category as well so yeah. we're lucky as well like the the, the coaches that we have in, in the club, like we've, you know, Brian Scanlon is, is a throws coach, but he's also like a national throws coach. We've mm. got David Murphy doing the jumps, um, who's also a national jumps coach. Yeah. Um, they're Waterford based, they're Waterford SE based. It's great. Um, yeah, we've had Andrew Connick doing the distance training, he's Furry Bank. So we've got ties into the local clubs as well. So yeah. that the athletes that they coach are encouraged then, maybe if they want to stay local, they want to stay with the coach, that they can, you know, WIT is, a, is, an, is an option that, mm. you know. Um, and this year, like Brian Swaby is helping us as well with a bit of the distance work. So, like we've, you know, there's no, there's no college in Ireland really. I would say has the the quality of coaching um, yeah. across the events. You know, most definitely, and it's great to see a lot of the athletes coming here to WAT as well. Just the last thing, just to finish, uh, can you give one piece of advice for aspiring coaches? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Hound people, pester them. Um, coaches want to help other coaches uh, especially younger coaches trying to trying to learn um, I think a, a big problem I see in Ireland is coaches are not willing to um, integrate mix with other coaches that much it's it's just a little bit of a closed shop mentality yeah. um, so I would say yeah just just you know get rid of the egos and just want to learn and share I'm not saying I'm the right person to talk to but you know I've pestered people all my life and uh <laughs> Still am, but yeah. No, Shane. Uh, thanks, a million. It's great to get some insight there and into coaching uh, athletes. And I suppose just before we finish up, I'm going to pass you over to Katie, who's going to do the quick fire question round. And you have a minute, so you don't need to do it in ten or eleven seconds. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I suppose Shane, as a sprints coach, uh, we kind of would expect you to maybe do it in ten or eleven seconds. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll get started now. What's your favorite color? Blue. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl. Uh, Shane, your favourite pizza topping? Uh, pepperoni. Uh, your favourite vegetable? Mm, carrots. Um, what's your favourite band? Um, that's a tough one. You too. Uh, the last book you've read? Oh, it's a sports, it's a sports book. I don't read books that much. Um, and who is the last person you've texted? Um... Colin Byrne. <laughs> um, are you a dog or a cat person? Dog. Uh, bacon or Nutella? Bacon. Your favourite sport apart from athletics? Um, Gaelic. Uh, mini golf or real golf? Mini. Uh, solitaire or poker? Poker. Shane, your biggest pet peeve? 
people have been late. <laughs> Your favourite movie? The Big Lebowski. Uh, Twitter or Instagram? The Instagram. And tea or coffee? Tea. Just in the nick of time. Just yeah, two seconds to spare. Eh? <laughs> um, Shane, just thanks, just to say thanks a million for coming in today. Um, it was great to have you in studio. Um, he's been Tom. She's been Katie. And that's a wrap for episode two. Um, thanks a million for listening. And this podcast was brought to you by WIT Notes. Yeah, I suppose like um, from a GA point of view, um, it really sets the girls up for the year. Um, with the no, can we do that again? Yeah, sorry. We can't, we can't. <laughs> it's amazing. We can't, we can't. So, 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 okay. Let's 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 let, let's just work it out. Hang on. <coughs> <coughs> oh, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs>